to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. Please turn with me if you can. Uh, Luke chapter 17, picking up in verse 11. Luke 17, 11, as we're going to take our text out of verses 11 through 19. If you're a note taker, our title of our message this morning is Grateful One, Ungrateful Nine, and Which One Are You? Grateful One, Ungrateful Nine, Which One Are You? This morning we're going to be looking at the story of the ten lepers that were healed. And if you recall the story, if you've ever read it before, uh, nine of them never went back to thank Jesus. One of them returned to thank the Lord uh, for the, the healing that he received. And we're going to look at this morning the importance of being grateful, the, the importance as believers to, to have just a, a whole attitude of gratitude, that we're, we're to be grateful people. We've got, as Christians, so much to be thankful for. And God wants us as believers to be grateful. He doesn't want us to be complainers. He doesn't want us to murmur. He doesn't want us to, you know, be, you know, moody and upset all the time. He wants us to have a life of gratefulness every day to be grateful for what God is doing in our lives. So with that as an introduction, let's read. Let's read our wonderful text. Again, Luke 17. We're going to pick up our story in verse 11, and we're going to read to verse 19. And it says, now it happened as he, Jesus, went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he, Jesus, entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he, Jesus, saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he, Jesus, said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Jesus is traveling south. He's going down to Jerusalem. And as we just read, as he's traveling, as he's making his way to Jerusalem, there was 10 lepers. Uh, If you know anything about leprosy, it's a terrible disease. As a matter of fact, if you had leprosy, you were were a total outcast to everyone. Your your family were not allowed to come around you. Your friends were not allowed to come around you. You you weren't allowed to go to a place of worship, any religious services. You were an outcast. As a matter of fact, you weren't allowed to come even six feet away from anyone that was that that was normal or was that that didn't have a disease. And if there was a a a downwind or if the the wind was behind someone that was a leper, they had to stay a hundred and fifty feet away from anybody. What a life. You'd think about that. Think of being that kind of an outcast. And that's what Jesus is up against. These 10, they're, they're total outcasts. They're, they're diseased, and they, they ask for mercy. And this was an incurable disease at the time. And so get the picture. They're, they're, there's 10 of them, and they're saying, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus says, you know, go to the priest. Go show yourself. This is very interesting to me because it doesn't say he healed them right away. 
And in, in other uh, cases, he would heal people. He'd just heal them, boom, they were healed right away. But in this case, it was an act of faith on their part. He told them, go and show yourself to the priest. Back then, if you had leprosy, it was incurable. But if you thought that God cured you, you can go to the priest, the priest would examine you and basically would give you a bill of health that say, okay, you're healthy, now you're not an outcast, you can go hang out with your family. And they would basically have a, you know, a bill of health to say, I'm okay, I can come next to you. I'm not diseased anymore. So it was an act of faith, and as they were making their way, so get the picture, they still have the disease. And with the disease, they're walking towards the priest. They're going to make their way to the priest, and as they're making their way, as they're obeying God's word, as they're obeying the Lord's commandment, they're being healed, they're being cleansed. I find in my life, as I obey the word of God, as I I listen to his voice and I go in his ways, God touches me, God ministers to me, God, God, you know, he puts his hand upon my life, and it's so important that we obey the word of the Lord, even if it doesn't make sense. I'm sure it didn't make any sense as they're walking. They're probably, I'm wondering, I don't know, maybe that the, you know, they're complaining like, well, this is weird, you know, <laughs> go show ourselves to the priest. Like, Hi, look at us, you know, it's like, what are we gonna do? But they were cleansed. And the gist of this message is, you know, nine of them kept going, but one of them realized, as he realized that he was healed, he knew what he had to do. He had to go and thank Jesus and glorify God for his healing. One gave thanks. He was grateful. And did you notice in verse 17 what Jesus said? Jesus says, where are the, weren't there 10 cleansed? He says, where are the nine? Where are the other guys? When God touches our life, he expects us to give him glory. You know, I believe that's probably why most of this, this sanctuary is filled the way it is today because every one of us here were touched by the power of God. God did something in our life. He changed us. He saved us. He cleansed us from our sins and we're, we're born of his Holy Spirit. Now we're here just to, uh, hopefully to learn of him but also to worship him, to be passionate, to thank him. Thank you, Lord, right? But a low percentage, only 10% went there to give him thanks. Again, as Christians, we are called to be those that are grateful. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. If you can, if you, if you can find it quickly, can you turn there with me? 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. This scripture is so powerful. 1 Thessalonians Chapter 5, verse 18, Paul the Apostle said, and listen what he says. Most of you know this verse very well, but it's still mind-boggling. Every time I read it, it it just kind of boggles my mind, but it's true. Paul the Apostle says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, give thanks. In everything. In everything. Do you notice it doesn't say for everything, for everything. Something happens in your life, you know, for, you know, get a flat tire, you know, thank you, Lord, I love flat tires. But in everything, and I believe what this is saying, that, that when you do get a flat tire or something you know, happens in your life that you're not comfortable with, it's not you thank the Lord for that particular thing that's happening, but in everything. In other words, you're thanking him because you realize, okay, Lord, you know, okay, I don't have a, a spare tire. I guess the tow truck driver's gonna get saved today. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Or maybe just needs to hear about you. Maybe someone needs to be loved on. But, but in everything, give thanks. In other words, everything that's happening in your life, God's hand is on your life as a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. And he's gonna work everything out for good in your life as you follow him. 
Now, I'm not talking if you're rebellious and you're walking away from God and you're fighting God and you don't want anything to do with God. Well, that's a whole different story. There's chastisement that takes place. There's, you know, there's all kinds of things that you're going to go through. But, but if you are truly following the will of the Lord, you're seeking his face and you're wanting him to lead your life and you're submitted to his lordship, if that's you today, in everything, you can give thanks to the Lord. No matter what happens in your life, you can thank him because he's on the throne, he's sovereign, and everything he puts your way is filtered through his loving hands. And we live in a fallen world. And things are going to take place in our life that we're not going to be so happy about. We're not going to understand. But it's such a powerful thing when we realize that in everything that happens, God's in control, and I can thank him. And I think something special happens when you do that. I find that personally in my own life. I was tested with this just the other day. I went to the bank with Brenda Garcia, our administrator here, and on Thursday, because we had to, we had to wire some money uh, out of state for one of the bands that are going to be joining us for the labor of love. And so we you know, went in there, and they asked me for my, my you know, identification, driver's license. So I hand them my driver's license, and they, the young kid you know, slid it back to me. He says, That's ex- that expired in 2014. He goes, do you have any valid identification? And I wanted to say, you know, well, can you be a little nice right now? I mean, come on. I was totally shocked. I didn't know my license was, my driver's license expired in 2014. (laughs) I have to admit, I felt like an idiot while I'm standing. I'm like, I'm an idiot. But don't treat me like an idiot. I was shocked. I'm looking, I thought he was lying. I'm looking at that like, come on, you know, get some glasses, buddy. I'm like, no, whoa. November, November 2014. And he was rude. And I believe his wording was, do you, do you have any, do you have a valid identification? It's like, but, and I was like, obviously this is me, okay? This is, you know, that's my signature. We've been, you know, we've been with you for many years. Every week, we, you know, we're using your services. And I was like, I mean, in my flesh, I wanted to really just go off on this guy. I really did. And it took just about everything in me to just zip my mouth shut. I just was like, I wanted to say a lot of things. <laughs> Thank the Lord my wife wasn't with me. She would have exhorted him. <laughs> but I knew if I would have said a word, it would have been in the flesh. And I just, I, I bit my tongue and I was like, no, I'm not going to go there. I'll go in the flesh. And, I, and I'm praying in my mind. But then while I... I had time alone with the Lord. I was thinking about this message. I was thinking about that verse, and I started thanking the Lord. I started applying the word of God as those lepers were doing. I, I applied the word, and I said, God, I thank you for this situation. I'm embarrassed. It's humiliating. I can't believe it. I never got anything in the mail. Just want to add that. If you're taking note, <laughs> did not get anything in the mail, okay? Seriously. <laughs> But as I was thanking the Lord, I'm telling you, God just flooded me with his peace, and I felt that something is going to happen through this. And he flooded me with his peace, his comfort. And I thought, this is great. In everything, give thanks. I'm like, Lord, I thank you for this. That was a, th- a Thursday, Thursday night in our prayer meeting. We're praying for this young man, and I just had such peace, and the Lord's presence was there. The next day, I went down to the DMV to, to get our, my license renewed and explained to them, I never got a notice. <laughs> 
Check this out. This is what she, the lady said. She says, we've been getting that a lot lately. She says, they don't have to send out a notice for your driver's license. She says, for the registration, they have to, but for the driver's license, it's a courtesy. We don't always do that. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but check this out. I went up to the counter, and I, you know, I asked the lady behind the counter. I says, how are you doing today? And I was just filled with peace and joy. And, and, and this lady, I mean, right off the bat, she just says, I'm defeated. The lady that works for the state. No wonder why she's defeated. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, scratch that. Edit that. <laughs> sorry. But seriously, I knew at that second, I knew this was my divine appointment. That's why all this is happening. That's why, you know, I'm going through a little bit of uncomfortableness and all. God has a plan in everything that he does. Now, now listen to this. If, if I would have stayed in the flesh, if I would have went off on this guy, if I would have been in the flesh, if I would have went to the DMV with an attitude and all upset and, uh, you know, complaining and uh, this and that, and they should have sent this to me and all this kind of stuff, this lady, I believe she probably never would have even said she was defeated. Because I went to say, how are you doing today? How are you feeling today? I went to Ben so joyful and excited to hear about her life. I would probably would have been yelling at her right off the get-go. Why didn't I get a thing? Why didn't you send me something? No, I didn't do that. And I believe there's a powerful thing when you apply the, the word of God in your life and in everything you give thanks. And no matter what you go through, you thank the Lord for what's going on, even if it's not good in your life. Because you know that he's working it together for good. If you love him and if you're called according to your purpose. So she, she says, I'm defeated. I mean, I was almost like, I looked at my wife like, did, we, did I hear her correctly? I'm defeated. And right away I says, well, you know, I'm sorry, what's wrong? And she started opening up and telling me why she's defeated. She got pulled over. Actually, I don't want to give any names because it's probably embarrassing, but no, she, she, she was driving into work and she said, you know, she's just, she went five over and the, the police officer pulled her over and blah. She just went through the whole story and she explained, you know, her daughter was with her and she said she was crying and, and she just, I mean, ministry right there, right there on the spot. I asked her and we pray for you and she allowed us to pray right there in the DMV. We're praying for this young lady that was defeated, that needed to hear a word of encouragement. And at that point, she said something like, you know, she said, you know, I thank, you know, I'm so thankful that you guys came in because you changed my whole day around. And everything of thanks, it's the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, for you. Hebrews 13, 15 says, therefore, by him, by, by the Lord Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of the lips, giving thanks to his name. Sometimes it's a sacrifice to thank and praise the Lord, isn't it? I felt in my story that I just told you it was a sacrifice. I did not feel like thanking the Lord during that time. But it could be a sacrifice. And I want to encourage you here today, even if it's a sacrifice, you're to continually, did you notice Hebrews 13, 15, let us continually offer that sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving him thanks continually. I think about Paul the Apostle and Silas in Acts chapter 16. Remember when they were in Philippi and they were, they were beaten, severely beaten, and they were locked up in prison. Remember that story in Acts 16? Remember the reason why they, they, they arrested uh, Paul and Silas was because they delivered a, a fortune teller, this girl that was demon-possessed. They delivered her, and, and they were, uh, the business owner was upset because he was going to lose business. So he, he basically brought him to court, and they were thrown in prison beaten, put in shackles. If anyone had a reason to complain, I believe it was these guys. 
You know, I could just put myself in their shoes. I'm doing the work of the Lord and I'm, going, I'm getting beat up. I'm doing the work of the Lord. I'm locked in prison. They didn't complain. And if you remember the story, do you know what they did? Do you remember what Paul and Silas did? It says at midnight they started singing and praising the Lord in their prison cell. So loud that the other prisoners were able to hear. And do you remember what happened as they're singing and praising the Lord? If you recall what happened, it says that the the place where they were in prison, it was like an earthquake. The place started shaking. It says that the doors flew open. The shackles, the chains fell off of the people. Remember that? And it says that the guard, the, the prison guard, he was asleep and that woke him up. You know, he should have been awake at the time, but, but see, he woke up. And if you recall the story, he took a, a sword and he was ready to kill himself. And Paul the apostle said, don't do yourself any harm. We're all here. You haven't lost anybody. I put myself in Paul's shoes. I don't know if I would do that. If God broke the chains, if God opened up the, the prison doors, I think I'm going to run out of that place as fast as I can. But Paul the apostle realized there was a divine appointment that this man that's going to take a sword and kill himself, if he kills himself, he's going to be damned for all eternity because he doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, don't do it. I'd rather go through torture. I'd rather go back in prison. I don't want to see you lose your life without Jesus Christ, basically. And if you recall the story, the the prison guard fell down on his face before them and he says, what must I do to be saved? And he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household will be saved. And if you know the story, his whole household was saved. Think through that story with me. What would you have done if you were in a prison for helping and doing the things of the Lord? And you're in prison. You just were beaten and you're in chains. And, you know, it's possible you might sit there and say, I don't deserve this, God. What am I doing here? And, and, and complaining. And I, I suggest that if that's what Paul and Silas did, if they were complaining about their circumstances, that, that jailer, that man may not have ever been saved and his family. But they were just thanking the Lord, praising the Lord. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. We sing praises to you. Yeah, we got a couple chains on our back. It's real sore, by the way. But uh, we worship you, God. We praise your holy name. And everything give thanks. Even if it's a sacrifice. If you're a note taker, I want to point out another point. If we're not glorifying and thanking the Lord, it could be an indication that we're getting way off track. If we're not glorifying and thanking the Lord, it could be an indication that we are getting way off track. And I fear that this country may be falling into that place even today. Turn with me if you can, please, if you can. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. Check this out. So again, if you're not glorifying and thanking the Lord, it could be an indication that you or we are getting way off track. So look at this. Paul the Apostle writes to those in in Rome, verse 20, he says, For since the creation of the world, look at this, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that you are without excuse. So Paul the Apostle is saying, uh, since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are are clearly seen and understood by the things made. In other words, the heavens declare the glory of God. You look at the moon, you look at the sun, you look at the stars, you look at trees, you look at creation itself. There's an indication, a strong indication that there is a creator. 
When there is creation, there's a creator. So these, these things, uh, obviously, they, they call out to you. So there's no excuse. It's showing us that there is an invisible God. Somebody has made this. And then it says, verse 21, because though they knew God, so they knew God, they see him in the creation, they understand, they, they're, they're, they're smart enough to get the fact that there is a God, there is a creator. So because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were, you might want to underline that, thankful. They were not thankful. They did not glorify God, though every creature here on this earth, everyone that was born on this earth will see clearly by his creation that there is a God. But they won't give him glory and they won't be thankful. And what does it say? But became futile, empty in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Because they don't glorify God, because they don't give him thanks, because they don't go to him, their hearts are darkened and they're foolish, professing to be wise. And I believe we see that today. So many people say, oh, this and that. And they profess to be wise, but they become fools. And they change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made, of, made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. They worship creation instead of the creator. I'm going to stop there for just one second. I'll pick this up. People are worshiping. They, if the heavens declare the glory of God. You can't miss it. Creation itself screams out there's a God. Our cells are programmed with so much information and the, the, the scientists today are baffled. Where does that information come from? They don't know. Probably an intelligent being, right? There's so much evidence. There's an intelligent being that has created us, us because there's so much intelligence that's, that's programmed inside of every person, inside of every one of our cells that now they're saying, oh, maybe aliens created us. They have to admit it. A, a, a reasonable person with, with half a brain will tell you, wait a second, we're, we have intelligence programmed inside of us. Where did that intelligence come from? But we'd rather, instead of believe that there's a God and believe that everything around us screams that there's a creator, screams that there's order and there's precision and everything else, it screams to us. But rather than, than being accountable to a living God, we'll, we'll worship the, the dogs and the cats. We'll worship the, the things that are in this world. The word worship means to be passionate, basically. And we see that today in this world. People are passionate about so many other things. They're, they're passionate about whatever, their houses, their cars, their boats. They're, they're, they're so passionate. But the problem is that's okay if they're passionate about certain things, but they're not passionate about the creator. They're not passionate about God. I have a neighbor. It's just a big, burly guy. He's a, and he takes his little dog for a walk, but the dog never walks. I've seen this dog walk, I think, two times since we moved in there. I've seen, I, don't, I thought, I just assumed he didn't know how to walk because he's always carrying him like this. He's, he's kissing his head like this, like this. And every time I see him, he said, he's kissing. It's, it's great. It's wonderful. He loves his dog. Nothing wrong with loving your dog. But when I talk to him about spiritual things, when I talk to him about the Lord, he says, yeah, I was raised in the church, but I don't believe in it. And I think that's an example. He's worshiping his, his, his God. That's his God. He's passionate about this dog, but he's not passionate. He's not giving thanks. He's not giving glory to the very one that created him and created everything seen and unseen. And that's what Paul the Apostle is saying to the, those in Rome. But check out what it continues to say. Verse 24, if you pick up the story, therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchange the truth of God for a lie. And they exchange the truth of God, they exchange it for a lie, and they worship and serve the creature 
rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. But look at this. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also men, leaving the natural use of the woman, they burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of the error which was due. These things are sins. We need to call them what they are. And and it's like God loves the homosexual. God loves the drunkard. God loves the, the person that's in adultery. But he hates that sin and he wants to deliver them. He wants to tell them that there's hope. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. Glory.